Welcome back to Balancing Chaos with Kelly and Gretchen. And today we are going to be talking about summer and we are now both officially on summer vacation. Our kids are not yet all officially on summer vacation, but we are. So we're enjoying our first podcast since vacation started. So what are your, well, first of all, we want to talk about Kelly's trip to Jamaica. So she has some things to share. So Kelly, tell us about your trip. Yeah. So we started summer vacation a little early in May, which is an odd time for people from Maine to travel to the Caribbean. And we learned that once we were there too, because we didn't meet a single person from New England. Everyone was from the South. So it must be an ideal time for Southerners. I mean, because probably if you're going to go if you live where we're from, you should go in January through right. March. Right. Uh, but that just didn't work for my schedule. But anyhow, <clears throat> we had a wonderful time in Jamaica. We went to a sandals resort, sandals and a grill. That's where we went. And I highly recommend it. It was, uh, the food was amazing. They had a special person because I had eliminated dairy and gluten from my diet. And I had been doing that sugar. No oh, right. So I hadn't talked, I hadn't touched base about this, but I felt amazing on that sugar, no sugar eating plan. And I had followed it religiously and almost halfway through our Jamaica trip too, honestly. And I was sleeping better. I had more energy. I wasn't bloated, but it didn't in the, when you read the, um, the book about it, it says you feel this amazing. Like what's it, the what's the book again? It's uh shoot, Doctor Hyman's ten day sugar detox. Okay, it, people. There were reports of people feeling amazing after day five. I actually didn't start feeling any noticeable difference until maybe fourteen days out. So when I did the whole thirty, I there are some people who are total, and I and I was strict with it. Like I didn't cheat until day twenty seven, but. I was, some people are really almost evangelist about like, it's so amazing. Everything is better. I make more money now. Everything's fantastic. And I was kind of like, all right. I mean, I, and I lost, I lost like 15 pounds, which was interesting and probably gained it right back. But I never felt amazing. If anything, it like really messed up my insides and was super crazy. But it also made me understand how certain things impact, you know, like, like I don't need to, I haven't. I think I've had yogurt like twice since I did that. And that was a year ago because I was like, oh, I was always eating yogurt as a snack. I was like, I don't think I need this. I think this is just a little too much dairy and sugar and all of that. So I don't have yogurt anymore. But it was it wasn't that amazing transformation that some people say. So I know what you're saying. Yeah. What is because this is similar to the Whole30. I did the Whole30 as well because I've tried to do a lot of different food eliminations because I've struggled with hormone regulation since my kids. Um and I re- I've read every book on hormones and they basically suggest that some foods may cause stress to your body, which can then, when your cortisol spikes, it can affect your estrogen and progesterone. So I really have tried to do quite a bit with diet just so I don't have to be on hormones and I don't, I hate the idea of that. I want to just fix the problem at the root. So I tried the Whole30 and I never, I, I'm the same as you, people are crazy about how effective that diet is and it made them feel amazing I never felt good I never felt good on that diet but could you still eat fruit on that because I can't remember I think because wasn't it just all whole foods I'm trying to remember I think so I think you could have fruit it it was a year ago now but it's also like when when we did um 
But it's also like when somebody starts like Weight Watchers or something and they're like, I lost 20 pounds in the first week. I'm always like, well, what the hell were you eating? Right. That when you eliminated it, you lost 20 pounds in one week. (laughs) You know, like, and I, so I think that I, the biggest thing that I eat that is the two biggest, well, sugar, but also um, cheese. I love cheese and I don't drink milk Mm. and I don't do yogurt anymore, but I still love cheese. And grains so i love cereal i could eat cereal for every meal and be happy but i haven't eaten cereal in months now but i still like to have um like i still like to have an english muffin a whole wheat english muffin sometimes with eggs but most days i don't most of just eat eggs and vegetables so those are the two things that i noticed that i was really I, I really wish i'd gone through the whole 30 and instead of keeping track of what i was eating keeping track of what i was missing like, what do I wish I could have right now mm. that I can't? I remember there was this cheesecake at a, an event I went to that was as tall as my minivan. <laughs> and it looked so good. And I was like, I would love to have some of that cheesecake. But I couldn't because I was doing the whole 30. So like, I almost wish I kept a diary of what you missed the most. What I missed. Like today, yeah. I didn't eat the cheesecake. And today, I didn't have a glass of wine with my friends at book club. And today, I didn't do this. Like, I almost wish I had kept track of what... To look back and see what what comes up a lot or what do I really wish I could have. So if anyone's doing any kind of elimination diet like that, maybe that's a good way to cope with the elimination. Mm. Yeah, because this one, this sugar, this low sugar one, the only odd thing about it is that you really can't eat that much fruit. When you're doing the detox, you can only have a half a cup of berries a day. And even after that, they only recommend maybe one one cup and it, they don't recommend any high sugar berries which that messes with my philosophical beliefs on food but I did feel a lot better on mm-hmm. it so I so Jamaica kind of detoured me a little bit from this I, st- <laughs> <laughs> I still stayed off um, gluten I've been completely gluten free for months now and also dairy free although I've had some cheats on dairy on the past couple of weeks and man, I notice it quickly. It's, but it's so hard to stay off those two things. I know I feel better off it, but it, in Jamaica, they have this person. So at Sandals, they have a person specifically for food allergies or food sensitivity. So you go talk to her about what you want, and then they scratch cook anything you could ever dream in gluten and dairy free. And it tasted amazing. So I had everything. I had such a wide variety of food. I had, um, chicken marsala and they made it with spiraled noodles i had these wonderful fish um like uh oh shoot scallops with shrimps on mashed potatoes and everything was gluten and dairy free so when i came home from this i felt exhausted about the amount of prep i realized just how much food organization and prep i had actually i actually do Mm -hmm. because when you don't have someone when you have to worry about that for an entire week and then you're eating amazing and you come back. So the whole first week back, I ate chips and pretzels for lunch. <laughs> I remember you said you, I forget what it was. It was like chips and you had something to drink. I remember you, you were like, oh my God, I just binged on potato chips. And there was some other like random thing. We're like, whoa. Yeah. Kelly's back. Now, did you abstain from alcohol when you went to Jamaica? No, I did not. Because <laughs> we, we were at an all-inclusive resort. <laughs> Although I think... And James is going to get his money's worth. Well, and I do I do think that we were above average compared to, I mean, we're significantly below average, I guess, depending on how you're going to measure 
it in terms of this because we would we were at a our room was right outside the oceanfront so we'd go out in the morning and drink our coffee and that's the other thing we had both eliminated coffee for probably two months before we left but then we were drinking coffee because it's like blue mountains it's right from and it's so good yeah i've heard the coffee is amazing i'm looking forward to that oh it's so good so we were drinking our coffee out on our little um porch maybe six o'clock in the morning and people were walking the beach with uh red stripe beer wine champagne um these like crazy (laughs) drinks or uh mimosas i mean 6 a.m i'm not even joking everybody was drinking at 6 a.m so we usually didn't for the first until friday we didn't start having any alcohol until about two or three and but starting (laughs) on friday We said, oh, today's the day. We're going to try this. We're going to try this morning drinking that everyone's been doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we had mimosas with breakfast. Gretchen, these mimosas were the... And I don't know if it's partially this sugar thing I was on. I'm sure it was. Part of that. But they they are... They almost look like a rainbow. So the bottom is a deep red. And then it kind of blends into light yellow to the top. The most delicious thing I've ever had in my entire <laughs> life. So what they told us is that the the juice, they make this special juice that has rum in it. And they mix that with the orange juice and the champagne. Oh my gosh. They became my new favorite thing. They are <laughs> so good. But I, I don't have any stamina. So I had a couple of those. And then we walked back to the... And now it's 9 a.m. And I'm tired. I'm like, no. And I couldn't think. Because James said, what you got to do is you just got to keep sipping alcohol all day. That's, <laughs> and I just can't. I couldn't. Like, I have this shut off in my body when I peak to a certain point. Like, usually after two drinks. my I just, the thought of sipping another alcohol drink just makes me feel like, oh, I can't possibly do it. So I had to take a nap. So I took a nap. <laughs> but James could do it. So that day, he was, he played vo- beach volleyball. <laughs> We walked 10 miles. He played cornhole. He took a swim in the ocean. All while holding one of these drinks, yes. right? Well, going strong all day. And all day I kept thinking, he's just going to crash at bedtime, like at five o'clock. Like he doesn't have this kind of pace. Nope. He went strong all day. And we went to bed at 10 o'clock that night. I was so proud of him. But I just couldn't do it. I just, I could, I, I reset later and got back on. But I don't know how people were doing it. I mean, everybody all day. This is apparently what you do. Have you been to an all-inclusive before? No, I haven't. Okay, I have well, not. I can't wait for you to tell me. But I'm going to have my kids there, too. So yeah, I got to kind of pace myself. Maybe we'll each take a day and... Here's the thing. And my sister will be there, so she'll be sure to be pointing out the food choices we should be making and stuff. It never... The weird thing about it is, I don't know if they dilute the drinks or if it's just the heat and we're not used to that kind of dry... Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's very humid heat. You never really feel alcohol the way you would here. Interesting. It just... I never felt... And I never noticed anyone around me, even though everyone was drinking from the second they woke up. No one was... Belligerent, you know. So I don't know if it's the combination of the heat or the doses, but anyway. So that was that. That's basically the gist of that. And then the other funny thing that happened while we were there is the Sandals Negril is right next to a 
nude beach but it's not even a nude beach it's so much more than that it's like a swingers resort it's yes and they don't call it that in jamaica but that is what it is so the first day so we we did a lot of we our vacation was very simple we drank coffee on this porch and we decided we need a front porch desperately at our house because the two things we did all day every day were sit on our porch we played a lot of cribbage on the porch and drink our coffee and just sat on the porch a lot and we took a lot of walks and the great thing about that is we could do that right here in Bangor Maine every day right right so right. I felt pretty good about that because I'm like you know what we could have, you a, have very- a back deck I know but the front is so great because you can people watch <laughs> And this, we were talking to everyone as they went by. I could totally see us doing that. Yeah, yeah, I can see you guys doing that too. Right? It'd be so fun. But anyway, so we. Yelling at cars to slow down. Oh, I do that right now. I'm like, um, okay, so we we kept walking the beach. And when you leave the beach, there are security guards on all the resorts, have the security guards. And you always have to check out because they don't, they're fine if you walk the beach during the day. They don't really want you to leave at night because there's some crime in Jamaica, but it's Mm -hmm. not really anything. On these resorts, are very well protected. So anyway, we were walking the beach the f- second day we were there. And James said, Kelly, I think that catamaran that's coming is... <laughs> I think everyone on that catamaran is naked. <laughs> and I said... Can't do that in Bangor, Maine. I said, no, they're not, James. Those are bikinis. And then he... Oh, okay. So we keep walking. Hey, hun, I think everyone on that catamaran's naked. <laughs> James, they're not naked. And then they get really close. So I guess on Tuesdays only, <laughs> they come in to the closest possible distance they can from shore. And this was the day. It was Tuesday. It was our second day there. And sure enough, the entire catamaran, there must have been, I don't know, 50 to 100 people on it. There might even have been more, but it was the most naked people I've ever seen in my life <laughs> congregated in one area. And they were air humping (laughs) together in unison (laughs) chanting club hard d hard d yeah what's the d stand for rhymes with ick (laughs) that's what they're chanting And I was just totally <laughs> mind blown. And I mean, we're not talking Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt naked people. Okay. <laughs> we're talking. All bodies are beautiful. All and bodies sacred. are beautiful. And all age bodies are beautiful. <laughs> so this was the first day of our, um, what is this place called? Oh, shoot. Do you remember? It will come to me. All I can think right what, now the is... the place of the re- the other resort? Yeah, all I can think oh, is... Oh, it was uh, Hedonism. Hedonism. Hedonism <laughs> too. Google it. Because... Not on a work computer. <laughs> yeah, not on a work computer. So we... James and I became... This became part of my curiosity in addition to gun violence and... Um, yes, Kelly also was texting us saying, I okay, interviewed the <laughs> resort nurse to talk about healthcare practices in Jamaica. And uh, and I also interviewed the security guards about gun violence with the gun law. I'm like, you're on vacation. <laughs> I was just really curious. They were so funny, though. So those three things became my top areas of interest. Hedonism too, gun violence, and healthcare. <laughs> 
I know they don't seem like they go together, but this is a very She was also very concerned about the um, STD rates at Hedonism, too. Oh, my gosh. How could you not? How do they clean their furniture? I mean, seriously. So we started asking the guards, uh, the security guards, a lot of these questions because, you know, they're locals. And they were so funny. They're like, that place is nasty stuff happens there nasty so they were saying that like people come in with a busload and you're married married couples and then they'll split up for the week (laughs) and then they go back home together and they were just telling us oh my gosh very interesting things about what happened over there because one of the guards used to work over (laughs) at that one and so i said it's so it's mostly americans and europeans and so I said, do you guys think that we've lost our mind over here? And they're like, no, man, one love. No problem. They're just having fun on vacation. Okay, so I think it was maybe Thursday. I de- we decided we were going to walk over. Because <laughs> you can walk so you can walk the beach. Because the beach can't, the beachfront right near the water can't belong to. Right. It belongs to the world, right? It probably yes. belongs to Jamaica in this One case. love, one beach. One love, one beach. So they can't prohibit you from walking the beach. So we got, we got dressed. We walked across. <laughs> Real important to know that you got dressed. We did. We did wear our clothes. And I had an interesting, I was expecting to see like people having sex maybe on the beach because all the stories we heard were and, and once you Google it, anyone listening should Google it because it's very interesting what goes down there. So I was kind of expecting to see that, but it was just a whole bunch of naked people laying in lawn chairs, which is why I was concerned very much about infectious diseases and sanitation because that is disgusting. But I did. They do have to get dressed to eat food. So that must be some kind of code anyway. And there were like four women in a tube naked drinking beers laughing everyone was so happy so when we came back i kind of thought huh i had a whole different impression after we walked it and came back because it was like total freedom no one there was not judgment about body sizes i didn't see any (laughs) model-esque body (laughs) but people were so happy i hope they're wearing sunblock I really hope they were wearing sunblock. I mean, people were playing volleyball. Men. Men. Okay? <laughs> Imagine this. Men were playing volleyball naked. It was very interesting. Okay. So that we did that. And that was really, that was part of the highlight. Then the guns were kind of interesting because they said, oh, yeah, in the United States, you can just walk into a store and buy a gun. Anyone can buy a gun. They, I mean, this was mind-blowing to them. They thought it, they think we're crazy over here, too. So we did that, and then we just chilled. It was really wonderful, but it's been incredibly difficult to come back to reality. I'm still not adjusted. It's been like a month. It's been like a month, and I haven't got a good handle on my grocery list. I feel my house has been turned upside down. Gretchen saw it. <laughs> She saw my house in total disarray. I don't know what it is. Is it maybe just because we came back to so much from the end of the year? Yeah, there's a ton. You came back to so much happens in this month, I swear. Oh, so I just feel I told James, I said, I don't even know because the coming back has been so difficult that I don't know if going on vacation like that is worth it. And then he's like, he's like, Kelly, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> 
So I'm hoping to adjust soon, but it, we can't. We really did come back to cha- a lot of chaos. So anyhow, I, I do recommend this resort. It was very clean. Uh, the food was amazing. The staff was just over the top. If we could get that level of customer service here in the U.S., it would be life changing. I mean the the house cleaners were made, you know, designs into our pillows, which I know they do this on trips. But then they were teaching James how to do it. Of course. Like, this is how you do a dog. You want to do a dog? James was like, yeah, I want to do a dog. Let's do it. It was so cute. And I don't know. They And these people live, this is a third world country. They they live on, I can't remember what the average US, but it was something like 12,000 is the average. They live in huts that flood. A lot of the workers, the employees of Sandals didn't, um, they weren't even staying at their own house because it had flooded because they don't have good drainage in the country. Right. No good infrastructure in general. Yeah, and I just wondered, I was worried a little bit about them feeling resentful. I mean, all these Americans just coming over, being totally slothen heathens, drinking to excess, eating to excess, and just laying on the beach like lazy people. Well, it has to be. I mean, it has to be one of those things that is a conflict because it's also their job, and so it provides them a job to do this, but there is a big... It it can be one of those things. It's hard to reconcile. Like, okay, are we just stomping on your poverty i don't know i know i can i i can feel that i felt so if i there was one conversation james and i had about one of the security guards because he asked us to get him a cheeseburger and it was the kind of the way he asked he was really sweet about it but it made me really sad right and then we couldn't get him one that night because they had shut everything. They have this beach party this one night, so they funnel everyone into one main dining, and we couldn't get him a cheeseburger. And we felt really bad because I don't think he had any food that night. But he always leaves with a little bag. And so James and I were talking at breakfast the next day. He's like, did you notice that he always leaves with a bag? And I said, yeah. And he said, it's probably to feed his family. And then James and I looked at each other while we're eating this steak and eggs. and Right, this bountiful food that's been prepared for you. Beautiful fruit plates. And we kind of looked at each other and James goes, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I go, me either. Because if you look behind it, it's super sad. Right. But the one good thing is I researched sandals after because I didn't know anything about any of this. I didn't look into the trip at all, which is probably good because I learned a couple other things about Jamaica that went before I when I was reading about it. But sandals is the only all inclusive resort that provides all their employees with health insurance benefits and retirement. So that made me feel good. And so the the, the people are actually quite uh, thankful for Americans because if it weren't for them, we they wouldn't have jobs. They wouldn't right. have anything. Right. So they're not resentful at all. They're happy. They want you to have a great time. They want you to keep coming back. Uh, so it was good. And I think the sandals tend to be a little more expensive. I guess this is what people have told me than other resorts. Although you sent me yours and it seemed pretty similar. Mine's, but mine's a family one. And, right, which might be different. Yeah, because I looked into the Sandals Beaches, which is the family mm-hmm. one. Turks and Caicos, I guess, is the place to go. Because we walked the Sandals. There's a beaches down about a mile from our resort. And does the can, catamaran go up to the beaches resort? Oh, it, it, yes, because that's where we saw it. Oh my god! Yeah, it goes the whole beach. <laughs> so these kids get an education. So uh, we we went, we walk there every day for breakfast and. Um, you can do that when you're staying out of sandals. You can. We could have gone into Montego Bay too, and but it was two hours in the other direction. Why do you want to do that? But we did go to this one every day, and 
the people so we saw a lot of families there because this is a family resort and they told us that the Turks and Caicos family resort is amazing and I could actually envision bringing my kids on vacation seeing it in action yeah because before that I couldn't really imagine taking kids on a plane to the Caribbean I was like why would you do that right but I saw it and I was like oh wow our kids would love this so when we got home I started researching it but the cheapest one I could find was 7,000 for the family and that didn't include airfare and that was at and that was in May again Mm -hmm. May must be one of the least expensive times to go maybe in October too but oh my gosh October though you get into uh, hurricane season forget that I'm not spending seven grand because it would be ten grand by the time you bought plane tickets. Right, That's right. crazy. I mean, think of all I could do with ten grand. Yeah, it's not happening. So I text James the, the figures, and he goes, "Yeah, I think we're solo vacationers." Yeah, exactly. Because the family resorts are a lot. I mean, they're double. Right. So anyway, yeah. So now we're back to summer in Maine. Back to summer in Maine. Yes. So we went to the beach club for the first day yesterday because it opened this weekend, and it was. Hysterical because we went for it was Father's Day, so we went for um, a bike ride at the university, and that was super fun. And then we went and said, "Let's get sandwiches and go to the beach club" because it was warm and nice and seemed great. Oh my god! So we ordered our sandwiches. We got to the beach club. Literally, the temperature was ten degrees colder out there. Yes, we were the only people. The <laughs> wind. The lifeguards were in sweatpants and had their blankets wrapped around them. The wind is just blowing directly into the beach and I was like has it been like this all day and the lifeguard's like yes and I was like it is so much nicer in town I had no idea so we sat and ate our sandwiches and the girls had gotten these new water guns when they went to the dentist these like water super soaker shooter things so they sprayed each other and then we packed up our stuff and came I think we were there for half an hour max but going to the beach is one of our bucket list items that we're gonna do the um what what you have one coming up, right? What are you doing for summer? What's on your summer bucket list? Yeah, we're going to so the kids are going to be in summer camp through the third week in July. But we're going to on the weekends, I want to go to Sand Beach. I always like to do that to Acadia. I want to take them to the carriage trails and do a bike ride. Do you do that? No, we haven't done that. Oh my gosh, it's awesome. You should totally do that. Well, it's been tough. Like we talked about last week with Millie, like anytime that we've gone to Acadia, it's been tough to even find a place to park. So it's hard to commit to that, especially since we don't, we can't fit all four of our bikes in one vehicle right now. Oh, that's right. Well, you can rent bikes out there. Yeah. I don't know how much that would be, but we did it last year. Uh, Maxwell was, had a tough time because he was smaller, but I think he could handle it better this year, but it's so beautiful. Um, So we're going to do that. And then... We, uh, I really want to do one of those things in the list from Melanie's uh, Highlands. I want to find oh, yeah. one of the waterfalls. Yep. I really want to do that. Maybe do a small hike. I've never taken the kids on a hike before. Have you ever taken them out to Wonderland at Acadia? No. That's like not even a, it's not even a hike. It's a, it's flat. It's not a mountain, but it's a mile. It's not long. And you go down and there's tide. If you go with the, when the tide's going out, um, and then they have all these great tide pools and it's just rocks and you can climb around. It's really, it's really a cool spot to go. And especially with little kids, it's very flat. Like there's roots and stuff. You, wouldn't, you can't take a stroller. I mean, you don't, your kids aren't in strollers anyway, but for anyone listening, it's not the kind of place you take a stroller, but it's really easy walk. It's Wonderland? There, called Wonderland. 
I'll have to take them there this year because so the, through third third week in July they'll be in camps because I've got some stuff that I need to work on for work but um in and at the house too so I can I I like to do my conmari con in the summer yes and it lasts just about the whole year I'm just noticing it's I have some deep cleaning projects too. So like, and so my house is always a disaster as Kelly knows, but I'm going to go through the bins and go through it. And, and I told Dave, I was like, let's just go, like we have these totes of stuff in the basement. I'm like, let's bring up one tote a week or day or yeah. one tote a day when we are motivated and go through it and be like, oh, this is actually filled with crap we don't need and get rid of it and just move stuff out because we want to do the basement project sooner rather than later, but it involves going through the wall of storage that we have down there. We also want to paint... This room gonna paint the ceilings because the tiles got messed up when we had the power outage. Yeah, I this is what I this is what I did last year. I just I broke it down last summer. I I went through the entire house and I broke it down into I did one or two things a day, like whether it be a yeah. drawer, a closet. <clears throat> I'm gonna have to double up this year because I went. You know, last summer I did all the KonMari. Yeah, and the oh, house. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was awesome. Everything had a place. It was so organized. And then James's dad had passed away a couple years ago, and his stepmom moved to Arizona. And so when she moved, he got the contents of her, the house that she was living in delivered to our house the week school started. <laughs> so our whole garage was just full of like five generations of furniture and little trinkets. I mean, they saved everything you could possibly imagine so i still we've been going through that all year there's still maybe one more push of that to Mm -hmm. go through and preserve or donate or whatever we're gonna do with it so we've got a lot and i mean there must be like a thousand his dad worked for anheuser-busch so he had collected all these beer cans we probably have a thousand of those to go through is there a collector that would take the are they or is it just hoarding I don't know. I mean, we're, that's one of the things we're going to look into because he wants to save some of them. But at the same time, we don't have a good, you know, these houses aren't right. massive. So it's not, he doesn't have this massive gar- uh, basement that he can just put these. Because right. his dad had a whole wall and they were really, it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but so he's not going to be able to keep them all. But we're going to, so that's definitely on the summer list to do. So we can actually, because we couldn't, we could only park one car in the garage this whole winter. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If you need to park your whole Use up your whole garage if you have one. Oh, that's one of my pet peeves when people have these beautiful garages and they don't park in them. I'm yeah. Like, Do you know what you have? This is amazing. Why are you outside shoveling your car off? Get some stuff out of your garage. Well, and it's it's a matter of principle for me, too, because my dad has never we've never had a garage at home. And our last house we had in Falmouth had a two car garage. And I was I didn't actually know the value of a garage, but the first snowstorm ever of me having a garage and I just put the garage door oh. up and drove out without having to shovel the car off. Yep. I text my dad. I said, I cannot believe you haven't made building a garage your priority. Right. And he's like, why? All people with garages do is full and full and th- full of crap. So ever since he said that to me, I'm like, no, we will park our cars in garages. But this year we couldn't we could not fit them in. Both well, that's like it. But that's also a once in a that's not going to happen a lot. Like last summer, last summer is when I painted the dining room. So this year it's going to be the living room and the stairs. But the stairs are going to be a huge pain because we have to strip the wallpaper and it's a high ceiling. And I don't know how we're going to do. We keep walking by and peeling off a piece. I was going to say, time. it looks like you've started. Yeah, it looks like a wreck, but we want to get that done. That's one of our big projects. But the um, 
but then stuff with the kids, we always actually write out a bucket list on the first day of summer vacation. Like, what do we want to do? Because it really helps when you get to that point of like, I'm bored. There's nothing mm-hmm. to do. I'm just going to watch YouTube. No. What do you want to do? So one of the things that we have is geocaching. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You could tell them about this. And Ingrid wants to get to 50 finds this summer. So Gia, I was been trying to explain geocaching to Kelly. And every time she asked me about it, <laughs> she has another word for geocaching. She called it uh, a geoturbine, which I'm really not sure where that came from. I don't know if it, if, did you mean like a wind turbine or a hair turbine? I don't know. I have no idea. But she said, geo, oh, you're going to go geoturbine? And I was like, no, geocaching. And then she said, what are you doing? Oh, you're doing that thing with the geopets. <laughs> it's like, no, no, geocaching. And then she called it geosurfing. I think that was a joke, but I'm really not sure. Geosurfing. I think that's similar to geocaching. No. 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 So geocaching, if you don't know what it is, because Kelly didn't. And actually, I had a when I was trying to set this up, I was at work and I called our IT desk. I'm like, OK, this is totally not work related, but I'm trying. I cannot figure out why this website won't work for me because I was like, why is this not coming up? And for some reason, the geocaching website was blocked on our network. And it's like, I'm like, this is not not safe for work. This is just a really nerdy outdoor treasure hunt game. And so I was explaining it to one of our IT people and she was like, oh, that sounds really cool. And she really loves being out in the outdoors and she has a one-year-old. So I was like, you should totally try it. It's a really neat thing to do with kids. So what geocaching is, is it's basically like an outdoor GPS um, treasure hunt. So there's an app for geocaching.com. I have the app and I pay the $30 for the premium version. And you pull (laughs) it up. Of course she does. (laughs) And you open it up and... You used to have to do it with like an actual handheld GPS and all this, that, but now the app is really good. So you pull it up and it says, find a geocache near you. And so it pulls it up and says, oh, here's one. And this, and it tells you what the terrain is like. Is it going to be a difficult walk? Or, and it tells you what size is going to be easy to find or hard to find. And then you follow the coordinates. So we found one in the, in the University of Maine that was called King Me. And King Me is this geocache that was off the bike path. And it was where the forestry students had carved a, um, checkerboard into a stump oh! and they had made all these little checkers out of little round discs from a sapling or whatever and then so it was called King Me because of its location near this checkerboard and then um, if you wanted to play chess the chess pieces are in the geocache and you have to find the box so the box was like 10 feet from the checkerboard so you open up the box and inside are the chess pieces but there's also a log and you sign in and you say we found your geocache and then you log it on the app and then you close everything up and put it back in its hiding place and you go on and we found two um there was that one and then there was another one that was called it's a micro geocache which is like like the size of a lipstick container and it was dangling in a tree and you had to read the clues and figure out like so you have the coordinates so you know you're in the right location but then you have to look at the clues to figure out where the container is and then you sign the log and put it back in so as part of a we dedicated a trail um in my hometown this weekend the trail to tomorrow at the Downey's lakes land trust and as part of a sort of a legacy gift that goes back to when my grandfather first brought my dad to grand lake and all of that and so as a surprise the girls and i created two geocaches and worked with the land trust to from a distance to figure out where we should hide them so we hid those during the trail dedication and yesterday we had our they were both found for the first time and they got a little note in the, so then we get a note in the log I get an email that says the user's name was peace out peace out has found your your geocache and so 
we did that. The other thing we th- wait, wait. Can, so the log is a log a physical log or is it a both? Te- oh, a techie log. It's both. So there's a paper log in the box, and then there is. Uh, then you log it in the app to say that you found it, which helps which helps other people looking for it know. Like like there was one that was at Fairmount Park that we have found before, and it um, is not there anymore. So I actually logged it as this is missing. I think it might have fallen in the tree or something, but it's not here anymore. So it helps other people looking know if you're going to find it or not. So if you see when it was just found, you ha- you know that it's not that you're that it's gone. It's just that you can't find it. You need to keep looking more closely. And there are all over the country. One of the things that we did is they also have these little trackable items that you can buy and they're like they look like a little keychain like $3 and they have a special code on it. And so we did the trackables and I did one for each of my parents' grandchildren and so that and the the person who found these geocaches they took a trackable from each one and so then they're so they have it now and then we kind of put we just want to see where it will go and they said we're going to be trying the note said we're going to be traveling a lot this summer so we'll move this along so we're going to get a notice at some point that he's dropped it off at another geocache and we'll say oh i hid this and this geocache in vermont and then maybe someone in vermont picks it up and takes it off to missouri or wherever and so you can see how they you can track these little things as they go around the country by they by having their code logged in which is so cool. what what is the advantage of having the premium? I feel like my kids would love this, except the advantage I worry of that, having like it sounds like you guys left something in the geo cash box that they could take. But I think my kids would have a hard time with like the checkerboard one. They'd think it was so exciting to find it, but then you have to put it all back. Right. Sometimes well, some boxes the other thing in our geocaches we did on the trail is that we made because it's an environmental project, we didn't. Some geocaches you'll find like Happy Meal toys in, or erasers, or Mardi Gras beads, or little things, and those are free to take, and that can be fun for to get a little kid excited. For ours that we did on the trail, we didn't want to have anything plastic. We wanted it to be really environmentally friendly. So, and this was Ingrid's idea. I have to give all this credit to her because we were trying to figure out we wanted it to be kid friendly. The whole idea is that this is a um, an educational trail for student groups and there's signage that every like the it's like an arboretum where all the different trees have identifying tags on them and examples of how they're used in the world and then there's signage that says you know the flora and fauna of this forest and all of that so we want so it's going to be used for school groups and kids and it's really accessible for kids so we want it to be kid friendly and we know that kids like to find things in geocaches so we went to the craft store and i was like okay we need to think of something to put in this that a kid could take and they had these wooden gift tags and they're really thin and they're about two inches around and they had like different shapes and stuff. They, so we ended up getting the circles and the hearts. But I'm like, what can we do with this? Like we could just write Trail to Tomorrow on it, which is the name of the trail. And I said, but I feel like we should do something. And she was like, what about if we put the coordinates on mm-hmm. the back? And I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. So we when we put together these kits, I worked with the land trust. It was a surprise for my parents. And I talked with the land trust separately and we did the kit. And so now we've seeded them and we're going to make more to replenish it. So the kid, like, like, so like your kids, if they found this, oh, I can take this. And it's, we got like hemp twine to make the necklace. And then there's hearts and there's circles. <clears throat> They're all different colors. And it has the coordinates and says trail to tomorrow. And it's very obviously made by a kid, but it, Kids don't care. No, my kids they just want love that. something, and so they can put it around their neck and be like, "I got a medal for hiking the trail to tomorrow." So the other idea is that sometimes when you take a kid on a hike, 
you know, like, I'm bored. Why are we doing this? It sort of gives a nice purpose to the hike. If you, you know, like, oh, we've got to hike until we find this. And it sort of gives them the hide and seek. It's really, it's a really neat activity. And they're all over. They're all like one of my friends posted that uh, she and her daughter love to do it, too. And they just went to New York City at the end of their school year and found like two in Central Park. So wherever you go, you can pull up the app and be like, oh, I can I see these geocaches. I'm trying to remember what the advantages of the app are. One is that you can see more. There's some caches that are only available to premium members, so you don't see them. And I think it might be that it's easier to use your GPS if you on your if you, it's easier to do everything from your phone. If you have the app, I'm not sure. But it was like it's like thirty dollars. But it's, mm. but you can do the basic one to try it out. And it's very cool. So that's uh, one of our things. You know what I love about that? It's there's a lot of you know we get disgruntled about the advancement of society and the transition to technology and everything and but this is a way to integrate technology into nature well and that's and the, so the whole thing is that this trail came up my grandfather was a biologist and he was a ford fellow at yale in the 50s and he had this article in the Yale Conservation Studies that was about called the trail to tomorrow about how we need to educate children about conservation um, because they're the future and all of that and it was found my sister my dad's sister found it only in the last 15 years did it surface because my their dad died when he was when my their dad died in 1967 So she found this article and she found it when I was doing my graduate program and I was looking for a capstone project to do for my uh, graduate program in instructional technology. And so I used that in my lit review and my project was Trail to Tomorrow because his vision was a trunk that would travel around to schools that would teach about conservation education Mm. because it was the 50s. So I made a digital version. And one of the things that I included because my degree was instructional technology was geocaching with kids as a way to entice them into nature. Because once you're out there, yeah, you're looking for the geocache, but you're also like immersed in the natural world Mm. you know you're so you're looking around i mean and they're not all and they're not all in the woods there's they're urban geocaches too but it gives you it's sort of a neat thing to do you can pull them up you you won't find them in national parks they're not allowed in national parks but you can pull them up and look around say you know if i pulled it up right now i could show you like 10 within a half mile radius of where we're sitting right here there's wow i wonder who else is into this lots of lots of people are it's like a little bit of a nerdy thing to do but it's kind of fun so that's one of our bucket list items too is to do more of that i gotta look into it i think cameron would love this yeah we should take i'll take you guys and there's one on silver road i'll take you to it oh let's you can walk it. from your house let's do it yeah we'll do it after school gets out this week because we because uh, ingrid's begging me to take her to that one well another summer thing that we've been doing gretchen and i well gretchen's done it before but we Gretchen and I this year are sharing a farm share. Yep. And I took, so this was our first year doing it, and I took the kids to the farm to pick up the farm share last week, and Gretchen, uh, your kids didn't come, you and your kids didn't come, but the kids had the best time of their lives, and there really isn't much at the farm. It's just a big field, and there were chickens, uh, chicks, baby chicks, and roosters and hens. Sure. And, uh... (laughs) Have you been? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And I didn't pl- see the chickens when I went the week before. A playset, and there's this really tall grass. So Cameron was running through the grass making a way, um, 
a path. And he thought it was so awesome. And the farm chairs uh, really nice and they give you a bouquet of flowers that last all week and they're not they're wild flowers aren't they beautiful though they're so beautiful so but anyway Cameron was so upset when we were they neither one of them wanted to leave and then they were so upset in retrospect when we were getting in the car that Willa didn't come <laughs> and Sammy and Nate didn't come and well this week we can time it together because now I'm off so I'm their pickups from school so we can time it after to go after school this week oh they they really want everyone to come. So it'd be interesting. I wonder if there are any out there. I can look. I'm sure there's some that are out there somewhere. But it's yeah. an interesting little treasure hunt. So what else What else is on your summer bucket list? Well, the other thing we've been doing with the kids for the past three years, we didn't really intend to make this a tradition, but I think it's going to be turning into one for the until our kids out, outgrow it, is taking them to Great Wolf Lodge for a couple of days. The kids don't know we're going. <laughs> but um, we had promised Cameron that if he had a great year, they do this system at school where you get like a red, a green, or Which, a yellow. Which, by the way, I totally hate. Yeah. there's. It could be up for controversy about if it's how it is. But anyway, we told him if he gets greens all year, we'd go to Great Wolf Lodge. And so he has. And so we, I booked the trip a couple weeks ago. And it's, a, it's a, actually much... If you go in May, the, it's significantly less than if you go basically any other time it must be their slowest time and so I got we are going in June but I still got an incredible price it was like half the price I paid last year and I love Great Wolf Lodge I think I might have even talked about it before on here but the rooms are set up so it has we got a Bear's Den suite so it's one room but there's a nook for the kids that's pretty much their own room that's shaped like a Bear's Den and it has bunk beds in there and they have their own TV so it kind of gives you some separation oh nice and then it also has um, a pretty, a relatively big refrigerator and microwave and a long um, counter table and then a table so you can eat. So the first year we didn't ex- we didn't realize how it was set up. So we spent quite a bit on food because there's plenty of food at the park. But the next year we stopped at the grocery store before we went and we stocked up on breakfast, lunch, snacks and some dinners. Yeah. And then we ate like one dinner out. Um, because it's it's actually nice to go back to your room and just eat. Yep. And not because it, it is kind of overstimulating. But the park is very clean. It's set up well for young kids. A lot of the areas are only a maybe a foot deep, if that. And the lifeguards are on yep. point. They're constantly um, pacing the ground. And it's really fun. It's, it's one of the best. I don't really enjoy kid activities. I'm going to be quite honest. And Gretchen knows that because we just went to Kids Bop. And I was like, I just, I don't know. I'm just not. And it could be that my kids aren't quite old enough to see their excitement. Because Cameron was just, the whole Kids Bop concert, he was just standing there in shock. He had zero emotion. But at one point, he leaned over to me and whispered in my ear, Mommy, one day I want to be that drummer. And then when we came home, he started reenacting the whole concert and he's been singing those songs yeah. since. But during it, there was no emotion or expression. Yeah. So, and I've taken him to other things like Peppa Pig and stuff like that. And I just, <clears throat> and even Storyland. Yeah. It didn't elicit this genuine love, but Great Wolf Lodge does. The kids, both of them just light up. They love the place. And I find that it's very comfortable for adults and kids. Mm-hmm. So I love, I it's one of my favorite um if if the only place actually that I've enjoyed of kids and James feels the same way and it's hard to convince him of kid activities so we're doing that and usually what we do is we stop at um 
Kittery and do stock up on some clothes because, you know, there's no place to shop around here. And then we hit up Whole Foods on the way home and I stock up <laughs> on my groceries. And it's just a couple of days. We're just staying a couple of days, but I'm excited about that. And I know the kids are going to be psyched. We're not going to tell them until the day we leave. Nice. Yeah. We haven't been there, but there was a really good article kind of leads into that, that I shared on my personal Facebook page. I should pro- I'm going to share it on the Balancing Chaos Facebook page about how like moms put on the bathing suit. Oh, yes. And it got a lot of comments. But one of the best comments that I got was afterwards when one of our friends, um, I think she said it in the group there, but basically said we went to and I'm going to paraphrase here, but we went to the lake and I wasn't going to wear I never usually wear my swimsuit or I wasn't going to, but I decided to because of that article. And at the end of the day, when they were asking their kids what the best part was, it was that she was swimming with them. Yeah, she got in. Yeah. And I was like, and so I was actually had that conversation with Ingrid and I was talking about it and I was like, you know, because she's rolling in a puberty and I was like, you know, some people get really embarrassed about their bodies and all that. I said, but I want you to know that I will always put on my bathing suit and get in the water and I want you to, and I said, and Grammy always does. And maybe that's why I'm like, of course I'm going to put on a bathing suit. Like the fun parts being in the water. Um, it was an interesting conversation. So I, so as you're thinking about all this summer stuff, put on the bathing suit. Yeah, I always do. And my friends who are, and like my friends who are overweight are like, you know, including myself, like it's not going to be a big mystery that's revealed if I put on a bathing suit and be like, oh my God, you're fat. Like, obviously you see me in clothes. It's not going to change. But, you know, it's it's really interesting because even it's sad to me that we've become so body conscious because I don't really see even people who are thin. If you really want to analyze them, it's they're not perfect. Oh, no. So no body is perfect. And if you just look at our population data, yeah, there are way more overweight and obese people than people within the normal Right. BMI. So why do we care? Yeah. Might as well just have a great time. You know, so put on the bathing suit. Get We're not in the water. going to Baywatch. No, we're not. At, and even the Miss America pageant seems like they're getting rid of their uh, yeah. bikini contest. It's silly. And that's what I that's kind of the takeaway I got from going into hedonism. Yeah. I said, huh, I kind of it gave me I don't know. It kind of this is going to sound really messed up, but I almost kind of felt happy when I left for those people. Yeah. Cause they're like, you know what? I'm 250 pounds and I'm happy and afloat naked yep. and I don't even care who sees me. Yep. You know? Exactly. Having a good time. Having a good time. I mean, completely enjoying life. Yes, exactly. The other thing that I have just kind of, my heart is so full and I know that sounds like a little deep or cheesy, but coming into summer and closing the first year with Cameron in school I just love, again, so much this neighborhood for summer, especially because now he's made a lot of friends at school and Mm -hmm. you're just much more connected with the community when your kids go to school. And we had a night the other day when we went down to the park, maybe about six o'clock. And we got there and there's no one there. And he said, oh, would you text? He asked me to start texting people. And I said, oh, okay, but I didn't. And two seconds later, <laughs> you showed up actually with your kids. Oh, yeah. That was the night. And then the little boy across the street who's in kindergarten with Cameron came over. And then our friends around the corner came over. And next thing you know, it was a full-blown yep. play date. And they were just having the time of their lives. And I had a moment where I just thought, I can't imagine a better way to raise kids. Like, I can't imagine a better childhood than this. Yep. Y- your friends are all here with you after school. They just walked over 
all their parents are here. Everyone's in, and it was all the ages too. It was just the two kindergartners, but you know, Willow's in second grade, Ingrid's in six. Mm-hmm. The little boy, one's in, one's three, one's going into kindergarten. It was just a range of ages, but it didn't matter. Yeah, they were all playing. It was a good time. And then even at school, so they had field day. Gretchen and I were, we had a really strenuous job at field day. <laughs> handing out popsicles. The hardest part of handing out popsicles on field day is, is making sure that kids just take the one you're handing them and not having them give orders. Gretchen really laid down the law. Like, you get what you get. <laughs> Take your popsicle. She said it with a smile. I probably would have been a Here's sucker. Here's another life hack for those. So we give them just the basic freeze pops. They're the little tubes. So if you were in charge of freezing an entire like industrial whole, you know, warehouse club box of freeze pops, what you need to know is that you can't just put the box in the freezer. And this was learned at a PT when this event happened several years ago. You have to do it methodically. And you have to, every day, you put two handfuls into a reusable shopping bag in your chest freezer. And then you check them, make sure those are frozen, then you add two more handfuls. Because if you don't, what happens is that the outside freezes and all the ones inside are insulated from freezing from the outside ones. And they don't freeze unless you leave them in there for like a month. So that's my little tip for freezing large amounts of freeze pops. Handful at a time. Get them all frozen, then you're good. It was so cute because we, so we walked, I walked to Gretchen's with maxwell he rode his bike and then i put the coolers (laughs) of freeze pops in my stroller and then we walked to the school and gretchen rode her mom bike which is straight up town cruiser with a front basket and it's also a turquoise bike with an orange basket yes it's really love it and she rode and hit maxwell rode with her and i pushed all the freeze pops (laughs) in a stroller and i looked like the bag lady and then we set up and the field day was just so cute. All the kids were laughing. And then uh, at the end, one of the classes took a water, a, all the extra water balloons and doused the principal. Yeah. He loved that. And then that night we had a PTO fundraiser at the park for the whole school. Mm-hmm. And the ice cream truck came. And it was just... I don't know. It's just, I don't think communities like this exist as much as maybe they used to. At least not not communities that are organically grown and not gated developments. Right. I feel like we have the some of the perks, I feel like we have the perks of those gated developments as well as the perks of a diverse neighborhood. Because there's kids who live in apartments and there's kids who live in homes and different types of families and all that. Whereas in, you know, gated communities and other places, it's all... You live, in, type. you live in one of five models of home that all have four bedrooms and three and a half baths. And you all can afford this exact specific type of home. So you're all at a certain income level. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas ours is, I mean, we have apartment buildings with three apartments in them. And we have houses that are very expensive giant houses. And they all go to the same school, which I like that about our school. I don't think we have that many apartments though over here. Oh, yeah, we do. We do? Mm -hmm. I guess I just don't see them. Yeah, we do. But, yeah, so we, I just, I don't know, I loved that, and it gave me this sense of peace about the community, and then we also had um, the last baseball game (laughs) on Saturday, and the the Union Street Laundry owner sponsored our team, and then he also threw a pizza party for the whole team. So he showed up the last game. Does he have a kid on the team? No. Oh, that's really sweet. He just says that baseball is the best part 
of childhood and he's got a he's like the west side i gotta sponsor the west side and a pizza part after a long season a pizza party is the best ending and so he brought every single kid an individual pizza he delivered them That's really and sweet. he gave and he brought drinks and it was just so sweet so some of the kids on the team go to cameron's school and then others are from the other um west side schools and we just had such a great team this year in terms of the kids were just they worked so hard they improved it was I actually saw growth which is kind of rewarding yeah because at the beginning of the year I was like oh my gosh how are these kids ever going to learn to play baseball but by the end they were all getting hits they were actually trying to field (laughs) and they were just so polite and it was I don't know it's just a great end of the year and then of course James went all out with these snacks for both (laughs) the kids schools oh my gosh he made a dinosaur out of a watermelon Yes. It's incredible. Can I post a picture of it? Yes. Oh I'll my gosh. It's picture. the thing is incredible. I don't he I went on a walk and I came back and that thing was done. The I'm telling you, I really think that we should have Dave do the production work and have and have should. James have his own YouTube channel. YouTube at uh, Pinterest Dad. Pinterest Dad, because he does the most incredible, crazy things and that would solve all the world's problems. It is crazy what he does. And then he made a dragon out of cucumbers and carrots and he did he did all of this he doesn't have a carving he doesn't have any special tools he did it all with a steak knife (laughs) and then cameron they have had all these theme days i don't know if they're doing it at the older levels did they have superhero day no okay so maybe this is just a kindergarten thing so cameron's oh my gosh this i have to say this too because you know i've said a lot about how i think schools could do a better job focusing on health and I think this is all schools across the country I know this is all schools across the country because we already know I went to Boston and they were trying to fight for recess which is ridiculous so I've seen a lot of improvement throughout the year at our school Mm -hmm. so you know they switched recess before lunch which is evidence-based so that kids can be hungry when they're eating and they don't have to eat in snowsuits they haven't done that at I mean most schools in the state are still eating lunch in snowsuits so I'm thrilled about that they extended lunch and then his teacher uh, for superhero day did this whole lesson unit on to be a superhero you have to take care of yourself and it was all about healthy choices and unhealthy choices and it was it was awesome so of course I made my whole life and then she invited me to volunteer in there for that lesson and we brought in a watermelon and it um and James carved the outside into (laughs) a it was superhero day so the the top was a um, super Spider Man, Spider Man, and then the side, and he wanted to be equal opportunity. <laughs> so the side was a Wonder Woman, and it was just, and when I say carve, it was just like scraping in the rind, in yeah. the rind. So it was just a. The kids must have thought it was super cool. Though. Oh my gosh! So those kids, it's like they had never seen anything like that in their entire lives. They were so appreciative and grateful, and it was. I don't know. I had the best time in that class, too. So the end of the year, this is probably why I feel so exhausted from coming back from Jamaica. But I just think all the end of the year things have made me have validated even more how much I love this community. Mm-hmm. I know we talk about it a lot, but a lot of people have been emailing me about thinking about moving to Bangor. We just had, of course, one of our listeners is moving to our neighborhood very soon, maybe next weekend. Uh, no, two weeks. She bought a house in the neighborhood. Weeks. Um, and so people have been asking me about it and we've been telling people, oh, just listen to the podcast, but it's really <laughs> not propaganda. It's not, we're not trying to, there's no benefit. No one's sponsoring us. But for me, it's been really fun to kind of see how the, why 
understand why people love living here. Well, it's fun to have that outside perspective and to or to be asked a question like, you know, we've helped her with some different things and to get the answer and send it and be like, oh, wow, this is great. And, you know, and to sort of have that outsider's perspective, because when you live in it. Yeah. It's just how it is. But then you realize you go to other places. It's not like this everywhere. So it's hard to imagine not it not being like that. But just the school, I think, too, just knowing everyone. And it's been really it's been a great year. It really has. I mean, and now we're going to have a great summer. We're going to go to the beach club. We're going to take you geocaching. We're going to go to the farm. We're going to do some fun things. I want to take the kids to the farm up at UMaine to see the cows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've never done that. We can do some field trips. We go to my camp. We went to camp yesterday and it was the same problem because it was hot in town. So we all. Well, Dave's thermometer, when we left, it was 72 degrees when we left. And when we got there, it was 64 degrees. Yeah. And it's 20 minutes from here. We went in tank tops and we got there and the wind. Yeah. It was so cold. And of course, Cameron wanted to fish his little heart out. So we're out on a dock fishing for hours. He did get some couple sunfish and a bass there you go but it was freezing and windy mm-hmm. so we're gonna have we're gonna have an excellent summer the um i'm gonna do the coast so we've mentioned the coast the lakes the farms mm-hmm. an out-of-state trip i'm going mm-hmm. on my conference which doesn't really count isn't that going are you going to colorado mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we're doing that my sister's coming with my nephew in a couple weeks and that's gonna be fun i can't i literally cannot wait for kate and kelly to meet because they are the same person <laughs> and two totally different. She's tall and blonde and Kelly is short and not blonde, but they have the same passions and the same concerns for my well-being and environmental impact. And <laughs> I sent I sent I did some research for Gretchen's sunscreen spray because we didn't mention it in the melanoma episode, but she does the spray on. I was I get I get anxious when I see the bottles so I figured there's got to be a better version that's affordable <laughs> that she can use. So I did find her a great option. In Which fact, I'm going to go pick up today. I'm going. I, I'm going to get that too, actually, because we have. So I have um, Tom's, mm-hmm. and that ranks well on all the environmental and um, chemical sites. But it doesn't spread well, and it's more of a barrier than it is a absorbent and that's part of the concern about the absorbents like if we don't know what's in them blah blah but anyway but i'm gonna try that Mm -hmm. because i do think that's a nice happy happy balance the alba it's alba right it's called alba brand we'll have a link to it all the alba brands actually the non-spray one actually rank even better than Mm -hmm. the spray but everyone wants to use a spray now because it goes on more evenly it's just easier and i get it yeah but this one is reef safe and yes which is another concern. Yeah. I mean, we're not in reefs around here, but... But still. Still, it's important. So we, we do care about the environment. And I know you do. This is the one thing I don't... Gretchen's liberal <laughs> side doesn't... For interest, oddly enough, her liberal side doesn't come out when it when they were talking about products or food. Probably just because she hasn't delved into it. If she did, we probably don't want her to. Yeah, I can't... I can only... I'll give you the information on political issues. You yeah. give me the information on sunscreen. I'll tell you what sunscreen to buy. Don't we'll research it because you wouldn't even, you'll explode. I think you might explode. I, yeah. I, like there's only so much I can take. Just like you, only so much you can take. Right. So ready favorite for some things? favorite things? Yeah. So I have been using a wristlet <laughs> 
for <laughs> since college. And then I went to the mother son dance with my son Cameron this year. And I had this sudden feeling of uh, I've out all the other moms I noticed had purses. And I'm the only mother at this other father's mother son da- dance with a wristlet. And I said, gosh, man, maybe I've out aged the wristlet. So I th- so I looked into it and they really are for like 20 somethings or like going out on the town. <laughs> and this is my primary purse, my right. wristlet. So I decided to upgrade to a, a mom purse and it's really inexpensive. It's called a bagalini. It's a straight up mom purse. It's small. This thing is probably what? Five inches by seven inches? Yeah. Maybe. Like might might hold a passport. Yeah. And it has, when you unzip it, it has... A, it's it's like a wallet built in so there's little slots for your credit cards and your id and everything and then the front pouch i put my keys in and then the back is for my phone so it fits everything but it has a strap that goes around my shoulder and the greatest thing is that this is not cute okay it's not cute okay people i think it's fi- i you know what i was happy about it but james and our other friends they ripped on it See, I, I think I uh, I don't see that as a mom purse. I see a mom purse as being like one of those giant, like super expensive coach Dooney. Oh, I just got a new bag. Spent my mortgage on a bag. Right. It holds everything. And here's my dog. And I, I see those as like those seem more mom purse to me. This is t- I mean, look, I don't. That's it's a small. It's very small. And it was twenty six dollars on Zappos. Mm-hmm. It arrived at my house less than 24 hours after I ordered it. And the first, so I kept it in the bag for a while. I was going to ship it back because I put it on and James told me, no, you cannot. <laughs> no. He's probably, he's a tough critic when it comes to fashion. And But anyway, then I just decided I didn't care what any of them thought. And I took it out of the bag and wore it to the grocery store. Life changing. Because I'm used to the wristlet. Yeah. So I got the wristlet. I'm trying to shop. Then I put it in the cart, but then someone might steal it. So this was around my waist. I had two hands to shop. It was. It's not a fanny pack. It was not around. Her I'm sorry. Waist. It was around my shoulder. You're right. It's yes. not a fanny pack. That is a clear. That really would be a mom. Like that'd be like nerd mom or something. Yeah. No offense to anyone. In the fanny pack. So I have just really enjoyed this. Although I've had a little bit of an issue with um, just adjusting to having a strapped purse because my wristlet I always stored in the drawer, mm-hmm. but this you can't really because yeah. it got along. So Gretchen knows I lost it for a couple days. <laughs> I went, on a, I went on a search. I couldn't find it. I was getting stressed. I thought I'd left it somewhere. And then James found it for me hanging behind a scarf in my bedroom. But anyway, I love this. And I think it's a great summer. Well, you know why it's so great. So I don't, I hate purses. Yeah, I really so don't do like I. them. I carry a wallet. And what it is, is that gonna go back to an old trope here oh here she goes I here know we go rev going. it up it's going start off the car because we're taking <laughs> off <laughs> women's clothes don't have pockets everyday sexism yes there we go Gretchen. so my purse in the summer is my pocket and mine's only not that much bigger than yours but it's the same thing it's to stash my wallet and my phone and my keys because i don't have so you carry pockets. your wallet your phone and your keys in your pocket like in my coat pocket yeah wow 
Yeah. Like my, my work keys, my work keys, I keep in my work bag because those I don't, I keep those separate from my other keys. And then so it's just my car key. And I have a code lock, which I've talked about on favorite things before. So I don't have a house key. I have one car key and a fob and that has my library card on it. So I, that's my only key. I can picture you using this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I totally could. Mine, but mine works fine now. So yeah, I'll show it to you after. So I mine's, for, mine's by Sherpani, which I have a Sherpani suitcase because my parents got me one. They had a warehouse sale. They're based in Boulder. And when my sister was having my nephew, there was a warehouse sale going on. I was like, distract yourselves, <laughs> go to the warehouse sale. And they bought me a suitcase, which was awesome. All right, and uh, and I have like, that's what I have for my work bag. It's what I have for my purse. I've had their wallets. The wallet I have now is not Sherpani, but I love Sherpani stuff. It's gotten a little more used to be a little cuter I think but it's still good stuff I like that a lot yeah I think this is going to be a great summer bag because I could do anything with this hiking I this would be great for Great Wolf Lodge because it's small it's not like Gretchen said it's not like I'm going to be carrying around this giant coach purse which would look ridiculous at a kid's water park and I'm not I'm sorry I'm not gonna be the kind of person who has like five or six handbags right I'm just it's just not me yeah exactly and the thing with that is that then you can drop it into your work bag you can drop it into right. your beach bag or your backpack or whatever it's easy or you can just keep it I, I drive with it on myself because I'm yeah. worried about losing it so my favorite thing is not something you can buy it is something that is a service provided by paying taxes <laughs> to municipal organizations and that is crosswalks because they painted the crosswalks mm. in the last week or so mm. if you've noticed because in Maine our crosswalks they get worn down over the winter and when they were, I love a fresh crosswalk because all of a sudden people can see you a little better. There are some crosswalks where I will stand and wait for 10 cars will pass me. And I'm clearly in the crosswalk and I just wait and wait and wait for someone to stop. Um, the one group that always stops, it never fails, are people on motorcycles. Mm. If I'm standing there, it doesn't, I can have, I've had cops pass me. I've had sheriff's vehicles pass me. Like, the people who should be enforcing this law blow by me in the crowd, like the big one on Hammond. Mm. But if I see a biker on the horizon, I'm like, I'm good. He's going to stop. <laughs> and like, I have never been proven wrong on this. Huh. And so I'll wait and they see me and then I cross. And I, and I think it's because they have to be so hyper aware of their surroundings because they get overlooked so often. Right. That they are especially aware of pedestrians. So they just repainted the crosswalk. So I'm also going to say because summer is coming and school's getting out and all that, please be aware of the crosswalks and that more people are out and using them, especially little kids mm-hmm. who might, you know, like I tell mine, you stand there and you wait. And I don't care if, it, if one car stops and you wait till the other side stops, too, because they will understand. I don't care if you feel like you're uncomfortable and making them wait too long. You wait until both sides stop mm-hmm. and then you cross. And yeah. a couple of streets around here, you have you do have to kind of really hold your ground on them. Others are are easier, but crosswalks are my favorite thing get people across safely that's another cute thing that happened on friday after field day there was the oh yeah uh, the pto fundraiser was at the park and these this is less than a mile from one another the school and the park what is it 0.6 maybe maybe so i picked up a couple extra kids along the way uh and so i had i think five kids by the time i left the school to the park (laughs) And so when we were trying to cross Hammond, this one she's talking about, they weren't quite all together because it was every age. And so I was standing in the middle of Hammond Street. It was like, whoop, there's Maxwell. Yeah. There goes Willa. <laughs> there goes Cameron. And it was just so funny. Uh, but same thing, just making sure they cross. But you know, our traffic engineering professor said that um, crosswalks actually can be more dangerous because it gives 
pedestrians a false sense of security and people don't often see people in crosswalks. So this advice to make sure. Oh, yeah. And even when people are stopped, you you have to make sure that the car behind the person who stopped is also going to stop because sometimes they'll swerve around. I've seen that yep. happen. Oh, yeah. And oh, I get so paranoid about this. And I almost I almost didn't stop for my own child and husband the other day because they were in the crosswalk on Hammond and I was coming. Mm-hmm. And just the way the shade was with the tree beside the crosswalk, I couldn't see them. Yeah. And it made me so upset that I almost didn't stop. I mean, I had to slam on my brakes. So had they already started walking out? No, but James said that he, he was going to because he saw it was me and he knew I'd stop. And then he was surprised by how fast I was still going. Yeah. So I did stop, but it I got so frazzled by it. So basically, so my kids are told just, so if you are a driver... Please don't get annoyed if some, if it seems like someone's not stepping out into traffic fast enough because they might be waiting for both sides to stop. Maybe it's a neighborhood that you're not familiar with, so you don't realize that it's a trick. Like I don't like some crosswalks are great, but this one is a particularly nasty one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has been at least repainted, so it's obvious it's a crosswalk, which is important. But just have you know, it's it might and, and when I say wait for a long time, it's like three seconds. Mm-hmm. Like if you counted it off, it might be three seconds to make sure that both sides have stopped before entering the crosswalk and crossing. Yeah. I'm extremely sensitive about this with my kids too because mm-hmm. traffic makes me nervous. Yeah. There's no, it's just, it's going to be like that if there's an, there's no room for error. Mm-hmm. There's no margin of error with a kid on a bike in a car. So, and the last thing I want to end with is that the, um, we're having this great conversation and we are not at all immune to all the things going on in the world right now with the, issue of families being separated at the southern border and we are both really super um pissed about it and we're going to be calling our i'm going to be calling and so is kelly because i'm going to make her i'm going to buy the alba sunscreen and she's going to call senator collins (laughs) that's how we trade off and also there's going to there should be a vote hopefully for the red flag law for maine uh, no, the oh, fed, for- a federal. I, we got the update from Moms oh, okay. in Action, and that's they're going to be. They're supposed to be sending around some easy ways to contact your. So senators. one of the easiest ways to do it is to um, fivecalls.org. Is so, I've had people contact me like, how do you know to call? Like it gives you you plug in your address and it tells you these are your senators. And if you don't know that, maybe you don't. And I'm not going to judge you. I'm judging you. You should know your your representatives <laughs> in Congress. But it gives you their phone numbers. It gives you scripts because people are so hesitant and I hate calling people like I don't like I never call people and we've become the society where we don't call we text but you can call and they give it gives you a script to say whatever and you don't need to you're not going to actually reach the senator when you call you're talking to a staff person whose job it is to listen to you that's the whole reason they exist and you call and you just say I am calling and it gives you a script that you can use to say I want you know I want to make sure the senator knows I wish that she would support Um, it's like S3036 I think right now um, to keep families together at the border this is inhumane that toddlers are in cages is fucking inhumane Mm -hmm. the end full stop no no it's horrible so call your senators fivecalls.org and I've also because my birthday is coming up and I never I actually purposely don't put my birthday on Facebook because I am so annoyed by people who write people happy who birthday. just write happy like you don't know it's my birthday except for Facebook told you like if you know it's my birthday you're gonna send me a message and say happy birthday or you're gonna hopefully you tell me when it. your birthday is because I have no idea you don't need to know <laughs> it's fine 
You know, you need to know. You need to know we're going for mimosas on that Sunday. That's oh, that's the birthday. Uh, Yeah, it's for my birthday. That's not my birthday. Oh, okay. But anyway, so I shared it on Facebook. But I'm doing a fundraiser for um, uh, races is the Refugee and Immigrant Center for Education and Legal Services, and it serves immigrants and refugees, and they're based out of San Antonio, Texas. They are the organization that um, that is helping in this situation, or is the one that to help. So mm-hmm. I have posted the fundraiser on our uh, Balancing Chaos Facebook page, and if you've enjoyed listening to us, I would love it if you threw in uh, five bucks, something, and help out these immigrant families who are... When I so I went with the Girl Scouts to to DC last year, we went to the Holocaust Museum, and it was an absolutely. And I've read about the Holocaust. I know about the Holocaust. I read the books. I saw Schindler's List. That was uh, such a profound experience to walk through that memorial. And I think that every American should do it. I think every person should do it mm-hmm. to get a better understanding of how far society society can sink and. After seeing that, this I think that's why this is even bothering me even more. So I'm doing a fundraiser on races, um, for races, and you can contribute on our Facebook page. And maybe by the time this airs, things will be better. But I just don't believe it. <laughs> I'm well, not. It's, I it's I'm hopeful, but we're place. hoping that that this will take care. There's some great articles and resources out there, and people who are like, "Well, they're breaking the law." Well. It is. We don't take the children of bank robbers and put them in a cage somewhere and say right. your daddy broke the law. We right. don't do this, and we don't. Uh, there's so many horrible things that are happening. So that's my birthday fundraiser plug. So it's sort of a, ending on a little bit of a down note, but I am hopeful that people will contribute to this cause. I'm hopeful that this will be taken care of soon. And well, contact your senators. It is interesting because I've never been politically active. But this year I've been much more politically active and I had written an article about school nurses and school nurse ratios in Maine. And I actually got received a call from Shelley Pingree's office out of D.C. last week about how they had read the article and there's a bill right now um, at the federal level to provide grant funding for schools who are underserved or have you know budget needs with high ratios of poverty that they can apply for extra funding specifically to increase school nurse ratios and that she was just calling to say that the article is actually really helping um, provide more evidence that we do need better funding in schools with high poverty without well, we are the funding. people who have the power and have the privilege to speak out against this. Right. I'm not worried about my children being taken away from me right. for speaking out. Right. And there are other societies that that's the case. Exactly. And the way I say it is that you would, in a heartbeat, if you saw a weird charge on your credit card after coming back from Jamaica, you'd be like, oh, I don't know what this like uh, Jamaica beach braids place is. I never got my hair braided. I better, I better call MasterCard and find out. You wouldn't even hesitate to call MasterCard to dispute a charge on your credit card. Right. So why is anyone pausing to call their senators to say maybe we shouldn't be right. creating a whole generation of traumatized children living in cages, in tents, mm-hmm. in the desert southwest? And they, and they will, they do listen. Yeah, they listen. That's, and they, I guess that's my point, is that it's not just like this dead call to nothing. Because I was actually surprised when they called me. 
Yeah. So they listen and they and part of it is almost data collection. That if the senators hear that like there's a lot of people that are mad, they're like, Oh, maybe you won't like me later when it's time for re election. Right. No, you're damn right I won't like you later when it's time for re election. Yeah. And with this one it's not even about a budget or a tax or a regulation. It's about mm-hmm. human beings, children two years old that their reports are that they're not allowed to touch them because the government won't let them. So a crying two-year-old that they're not allowed to pick up and wrap your brain around that and you can't. It's impossible. So it's horrible. So we need to speak up. So we're going to call our senators after we finish this podcast. Yeah. Anyway, that's a bummer of a note, but other than that, have a happy summer and watch your kids in crosswalks. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Okay. This is what it's like to be friends with us, right? (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for listening. And you can always reach out to us on Facebook um, or by email, balancingchaospodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us any place you find podcasts. And if you have enjoyed this episode, please tell two friends. Thank you. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.